And welcome to Love in the Time of Hydra, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. 10th anniversary podcast. On this day, 10 years ago, Tuesday, January 14th, a lot was happening in the world. The number one movie in the U.S. was Lone Survivor, a Mark Wahlberg, Wahlberg film that I have no memory of existing. Uh, the number one song in the U.S. was Timber by Pitbull featuring Kesha. Carl Weathers celebrated his 66th birthday, and Bruce Springsteen released his 18th studio album, High Hopes. But the most important thing that happened on this day 10 years ago was Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s 12th episode ever, Seeds, aired on ABC at 8, 7 Central. Hello, I am Jamie Jarek, and I'm here with my co-host, boyfriend, and level one Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. fan, Tony Paletto. Hi, Tony. Oh, that new title makes me feel so powerful. Uh, hello. Thank you, everyone, for listening and for joining. I did see Lone Survivor in theaters. Pretty good. Pretty damn good. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Good to know. I'll have to remember that. I, I, It's rare that I'm like, I don't know what that movie is. So, yeah. pretty interesting. Yeah, it's, not, it's not your jam. No. Okay. That's fair. Um, but you know who is my jam? Our guest today. I'm really excited to introduce our guest. Uh, we are joined by the co-host of the 24 Minutes of A24 podcast, the Movie Draft podcast, and senior film critic for Agents of Fandom. Say hello to Ethan Simi, everybody. What's up? How's it going, guys? I'm so excited hey. to be here. Welcome, we buddy. We are so excited to have you. Uh, I heard that you did on your draft podcast, a Tarantino <laughs> draft today. That's correct. Yeah. And I, I know from our social media friending that you just for the first time in your life finished his filmography. That's true. Yeah, that's true. So um, the episode of the podcast won't drop until January 23rd. So be on the lookout for that when when the episode does come out. Um, but I just watched Jackie Brown uh, like two nights ago. That was the final Tarantino movie I had to watch to watch all um, 10 had you know slash nine tarantino films uh and it was a it was a really fun adventure i had like three that i hadn't watched up until this past week and it was wow. pretty awesome cool i'm jealous of you for yeah tarantino has been yeah. my favorite director since i was 13 uh i don't know if you know this but the only reason tony and i are together is because uh i we were at tarantino's movie theater that he owns mm -hmm. and i kept looking at Tarantino and Tony thought I was looking at him and that's why he had the courage to talk to me. So Tarantino is very important in our household. So I'm like wow. excited for your draft episode. That's the, that's the power is, of Tarantino, man. Not yeah. only is Tarantino or Cupid, but we have more or less decided that the, uh, the Delphonic song that's heavily featured in Jackie Brown is our yeah. song. So I love that. Uh, I love yeah. that. I think that's the best part of Jackie Brown, to be honest, is when they're just jamming so in the car. Cool. Listen to so, Delphonics. Yeah. It's a big win. Yeah. yeah. yeah that, it's such a good song. It, uh, Tony was hesitant. He's like, but that's Jackie and Max's song. And I was like, that's okay. We, <laughs> we can, can share it. a song with them. Right. Next, uh, gen. Next gen. Yes. Um, Ethan, we like to kind of kick off the show by talking about what we were doing 10 years ago today. Do you know what you were doing 10 years ago? Uh, 10 years ago today would have been uh, 2013. I would have been 19 years old. 2014. So yeah. Tw sorry. Yeah. 24, yeah. 2014. Um, so I would have been 20 years old. I was in college. I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I was pursuing a degree in finance, which I don't use at all uh, this day um, and working two jobs to get through college. That's probably what I was doing. So I don't have a lot oh. of uh, a lot of follow up to that, except, uh, you know, just trying to get by. <laughs> You're just being an adult. You're learning how to be an adult. Yeah. Yeah. That, it and was I tough think, time, I you know. I respect it. Uh, Tony, what were you doing other than seeing Lone Survivor in the theaters? 
Oh, I saw a lone survivor uh, in between ships. I was working as a short order cook in Topeka, Kansas. Uh, but that was a rewarding job in and of itself. <laughs> uh, no one can trust Tony. That's just the way it goes. Um, I, I'm going to tell you right now, I have no idea what I was doing January 2014. Um, but I, I do know that I was embarking on my adult life. You know, uh, I've talked about this a lot, but I graduated college the year before. So I was working at Grubhub doing my thing. I wish I had more exciting things to share. Uh, but sadly, I don't. But you know what is exciting, everybody? Uh, wait, wait, wait. I didn't. So sorry. What, Maria, please. I have to. I just have to share because uh, I moved to Los Angeles January 11th, 2014. Oh, so shit. I, wow. I'm officially 10 years in Los Angeles. Uh, Did you so just realize that? Exciting. <laughs> no, I knew I knew that I had been 10 years Who's in Los ready? Angeles, but I just realized that the days were like very. So I was not watching Agents of Shield. I was panicking about my new apartment. <laughs> mm -hmm. ah. Well, like 10 years that makes you a, a Angelino for An sure. Official, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's it. Uh, and I so uh, congratulations. I, I feel like that's a really good deal. It is really cool <laughs> to go. Thank you. Continue. Um, but, uh, you know, well, I work on Sundays, everybody. I've always, the last five years at my job, I work on Sundays. So Tony and I went to brunch today, and I want you to know that this is a drinking day. We are saying, F fuck dry January. We're drinking. So um, I want all of you listening, if you are over 21, and if you're not driving, I encourage you to pour a drink. Uh, uh, I've got seltzer in my shield mug and drink along with us today. Who knows what could happen? I've had a lot of champagne already today. I think it's going to be a great time. It's going to be fun. Just so you know, yeah. Maria disembodied as she may be is also drinking. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, yes, you know, that's true. don't think that you can, uh, if people who are in the chat, don't think that you can just, uh, you know, go drop in spoilers because Maria's getting tipsy, uh, <laughs> tag your spoilers in the chat otherwise maria will be i'm up. still here yeah i might even be more more ready to ban some people after a few drinks so be extra yep. careful <laughs> yeah i'm i'm only worried about myself uh <laughs> this is our first time ever doing a pod where we're having a little drink so um wow. i do uh tony shouted out the rules but i wanted to say hi to everybody who's joining us live and everyone who's been listening and engaging with us on social media i want to give a special shout out to our listener Susie, who sent us the nicest message it was so sweet and she told us that she found um me because she was looking for positive reactions to the marvels and that led her here and that makes me happy because we love positivity and we love women so thank you so much uh, if, if you have friends who are women and like positivity, send them our way. <laughs> um, Ethan, so I don't know much about your Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. history. Mm -hmm. Tell me a little. Did you watch the whole thing? Did you watch it from the beginning? What's your what's your dealio? Yeah, so um, I have a pretty personal relationship with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. actually. So um, my best friend, um, who was actually actually my land has been my landlord for the last six years, ended up being my, my my best friend. Um, we have children around the same age. We live in like an ADU that's that's right behind their property. So anyway, we spend a lot of time with them, right? Um, so he was watching Agents of Shield on Disney Plus, gearing up for the final season uh, to like catch it in time for live television. Um, he got me on the train. And basically, we watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. together, episode one, season one, episode one, um, whether physically together sometimes or just like, hey, get to this episode by this date so we can talk about it kind of a thing. But the thing is, 
we watched all of these episodes in prep for the final season while he was going through chemotherapy. So that was like our connection point to each other of like, Hey, you know, this is how I get to see you this week, or this is how we get to spend time while you're in the hospital or whatever it may be. Very, very cool. Bring over dinner to the hospital, watch like four or five or six episodes of agents of shield um, and spend that time together. Luckily during the final season, uh, he was in remission out of chemo and all of these things. So we got to watch it together, like on a weekly basis, watch the finale together. Really, really fun stuff. He, um, unfortunately just, just passed away last January. So this is my, actually my first time revisiting agents of shield since he passed away. I know I'm packing a lot into one wow, story shit. here, but, uh, <laughs> so I have a, ve- a very deep fondness for going through agents of shield and like a, a great personal history and connection that really is like used as this like thing to have memories of, of my friend, uh, and, shield fucking rocks so uh yeah i i love this tv show what was his name Uh, his name his name was mark um all right let's pull Uh, one out mark cheers to mark Mark. for everybody who's who's sipping with us to that gentleman Mm -hmm. wow ethan good luck to every guest we ever have for the rest (laughs) of this podcast that was so so beautiful no that was beautiful and uh i i i Agents of Shield it, it d- brings people together in the in the best and the worst of times. There, it's a special show, and um and wow, thank you for sharing that. Uh, wow, not a good time to be tipsy. I'll tell you that. I'm like I can't cry on a podcast. I don't know. We gotta. We, we really need to one back. We gotta go. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um. And and Ethan, I'm trying. I'm trying to remember how we met because I like we've yeah. been friends online for a while now, and I and I believe it had to have started through Marvel. I would assume some so. Way. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I used to have a Marvel podcast actually called 15 Minutes of Marvel. So much in the same vein of the, the current podcast that I have now, 24 Minutes of A24, the idea was like a bite-sized bi-weekly podcast about what's going on in, in the world of Marvel. Um, I only did that for probably a year, but I'm thinking that might have been how we got connected. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you've been on my A24 pod um, and, and you know, we've talked offline and stuff, but I, I'm pretty sure it was Marvel that, that brought us together. Yeah, I love that. We're also now pen pals because we swap we yeah. swapped uh, Mission Impossible merch. Oh, that yeah. we yeah, I have the you, right I got, there. yeah, yes, I got a poster and you got a pin, and we yep. we wanted the other. So we yeah. are we are pen pals. We know you, where each other lives. You are also deemed as like the jewelry lady in my house because yes. uh, with that poster, you offloaded a lot of uh, jewelry to my children, and they were <laughs> very thankful for that, and they use it all the time for dress up. <laughs> that makes me so happy. Anyone, uh, if you follow me on TikTok, go find the video of me opening a box of costume jewelry that my father's wife sent me it's ridiculous it was just crazy um but you know what else is crazy agents of shield uh we we gotta we gotta transition and start talking about this episode um the episode is seeds it was written by monica oazu breen we've talked about her on the show before because she also wrote episode eight the well uh but a little reminder she was co-executive producer and a writer during the first three seasons uh she's definitely big in tv there was a point where she was supposed to be doing a buffy reboot so uh if i feel like drink i mentioned buffy um so he was the one who wrote it. Uh, the episode was directed by Kenneth Fink. He was a producer on CSI for many years. He directed lots of TV, but this is his only S.H.I.E.L.D. episode. Uh, but his directing credits include Dawson's Creek, Fringe, Arrow, Gotham, and Blindspot, starring Marvel's own Jamie Alexander. So uh, he's got a great uh, a great lineup. And then, of course, 
Moving on to the cast, we've got our core six. And this is a pretty good guest star episode, folks. We've got Dylan Manette as Donnie Gill. Dylan has a pretty dope filmography. He's in a lot of stuff. Most recently, he was in Scream, 20, the 2022 Scream. He was in The Dropout. We've got David Conrad back as Ian Quinn. Uh, Christine mm -hmm. Adams is here as Agent Weaver. And uh, Tony and I, uh, we, we, we've been slowly watching all the Bonds, and we're in the, the Brosnan era. And we were watching World Is Not Enough. And I clocked her sitting in a casino. She was just chilling there. And I was like, <laughs> and you know, that was her first ever movie credit was just girl in casino so awesome that's rad gotta start somewhere yeah yeah exactly um and being like a hot lady in a bond movie is a pretty good place to start yep uh we also have uh daniel zavato as seth dormer rip uh he was just in the pope's exorcist which uh i know tony oh. and i haven't seen but we, we we've been dying to watch that ethan have you seen the pope's exorcist no, I, I haven't seen it yet, unfortunately, or fortunately. I'm not quite sure. Uh, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, my partner watched it. My dad was training to be a priest. Long story. Did Whoa. not end up being a priest. Wow. But my partner watched it and was like, this is so incredible. This is what we're getting your dad for Christmas. So we gave my dad the movie and then the book that the guy in the movie wrote yeah oh, wow. so Looking he, he got the whole the whole information packet that's great it's like a press package wow. for your dad yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. the last uh wow. the last russell crowe movie that i watched was the uh michael mann's the insider and i feel oh, like yeah. i need Incredible. to keep that russell crowe Crow performance like top of the mind i cannot yeah. stoop to the pope's exorcist um it's so hard isn't it that's my problem yeah. right now yeah yeah, everybody I mean, saw Russell Crowe and Gladiator, and they were like, "He's amazing." And then every so a lot of people like us <laughs> went and saw The Insider. We were like, "Oh, he's oh, been wow. amazing for a long time." What the fuck happened? Yeah, uh, mm -hmm. yeah. big time. Yeah, he yeah really? wasn't he also nominated for The Insider? Yeah, he was uh, I believe like yeah. two years in a row. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Three great years in shit. A row, we're, we're we're also a Michael Mann household. So like, the problem yeah. with having Ethan on the podcast is we're gonna. Total, mm. Well, while we're drinking, is we're gonna go on tangents about movies. That's absolutely gonna happen. Sorry. Uh, but, <laughs> you know what? I, I, I'm not on a time limit. Uh, that's not true. We have a party to go to. Um, <laughs> but also, finally, we got Boyd Kessner as Agent Lemley. I think he might be pals with Clark Gregg because he was in Clark's movie Trust Me the year before this. That is just me guessing. But I feel like Clark was probably like, "Hey, buddy, come be in the show." I, I, that's uh, I'm making it up, maybe. But who knows? Let's find out. Cool. When we get Clark Gregg in the podcast one day, cross our fingers. I hope so. Next episode, I think, right? That'd be, that'd be, yeah. <laughs> totally. I don't know if he can follow me You're up, but lying. we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's got a lot of stories, but none of them are going to hit that hard. Nope. So in this episode, part of the team heads to S.H.I.E.L.D. Academy after a group of students are attacked by an icy threat. Meanwhile, Coulson and May look further into Sky's past while Coulson deals with his newfound discovery about his death. A lot is going on in this episode. Ethan, initial thoughts. What did do you like this episode? What are your what were your thoughts here? Yeah, I I do like this episode and I I think I don't want to come in as the guest and be like, "Well, there are better episodes." But I I think this is actually quite a good bottleneck episode for like season 1 because um, it doesn't necessarily feel like we're getting a, a bottleneck episode because we are kind of, we're leaving the bus. We're going to different places. We're kind of taking 
this detour to shield academy and and kind of doing this like side quest i've been playing a lot of hogwarts legacy right now so i'm quests are on the mind um so we're kind of doing this like side quest uh to to do that and i think the episode does a pretty smart and effective job of utilizing that setting and that space with the with the new people um to tell us more about like especially fitzsimmons but ward as well and and Mm -hmm. learning more of their personalities and things so i think it's quite an quite an effective episode um vfx are are very heavy in this episode so it feels like kind of big budget bigger budget television um making especially when it comes to shield uh and yeah i i had a good time i i watched the episode previous to this uh and then this episode and and um i think they're very very good episodes that was smart i think if you were i think to watch this one the one before is definitely like you know you didn't have to watch all 10 but i think doing a magical place was a good idea tony where are you standing on this one well, you know, as a, a last uh, episode, I announced my uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. ranking. And so I stuck this one in my ranking of 12 episodes, as we are now. And I have it as number six. Uh, so it's in the okay. middle. I really liked it. It is behind the asset, but above I Spy. Uh, that's okay. where it sits for me. Um, I, I liked it. I li- As soon as we were at... Um, as soon as we were at S.H.I.E.L.D. Academy, I was like, cool. I'm excited to see this. Uh, you know, we've... I heard where, they were at the hub and, and they were, I was like teasing the show for just the amount of foot traffic that the hub had. It looked like fucking LAX. So just like 700 agents walking around. So I was like, okay, cool. N- now it's time to like, finally see where these, like all, where all these people come from. I, uh, because the show has gotten so consistent with having sort of little mini twists uh, in in each episode, I was like, I, I kind of knew who, who our antagonist was. I mean, he was a reluctant antagonist, but I was like, oh, it's it's got to be this guy, right? Um, but uh, nonetheless, I liked it a lot. I I really like seeing Fitzsimmons like their dream is being fawned over by students. Like that yeah. is just them <laughs> in their zone, and they were elated. They had rehearsed their jokes. Like they were just so. <laughs> They were just having, it was their time. And they were both on the exact same page of, of like just soaking that in and having such, uh, just letting themselves be proud of themselves. I was, I thought was delightful. Yeah, I, I agree with Ethan where it's like, this is not a favorite of mine of the season, but there is a lot to enjoy here. I do like this episode. And for me, it's because we get to see S.H.I.E.L.D. Academy. And you yeah. know I love teen shows I, I right. deeply. And uh, especially teen shows with some kind of supernatural or any kind of uh, twist to them. And I have said many times that if I could develop any kind of shield spinoff, it would be a shield Academy spinoff. I would love a shield Academy show where you just watch all the training and everything that would be, that would be so my jam. I wish we could see that. Um, I I do want to shout out Silva Surfa in the comments says, this is the last kind of okay episode before it's just all bangers. And we Mm kind of do have all bangers from here on out. And that's like, pretty like uh there's a little bit of debate about it that i do agree with but i don't want to spoil things for tony but uh, with maybe one ex- exception we uh, people whenever people say eh, about season one i'm like i don't know what you're talking about because we got so many good episodes coming especially yeah. the next one so can i can i also say i i think the um a really strong point for this episode is that kind of montage that we get at the end with sky and colson and i think that works well in like this kind of um 
this dyad, if you will, of, of the magical place and seeds and, and um, Coulson kind of coming to more um, cognizant understanding of what Tahiti is and, and what he thinks it is and what he believes it to be and what it turns out might turn out to actually be. And these types of things um, and how Coulson never like loses sight of his um, fatherly like responsibility, not only to the team, but to, to sky in particular and feeling that responsibility to not only tell sky, but to like, utilize that moment and say how do you respond who do you become and i think it's i think it is quite clever screenwriting to have colson deliver that message because it works with sky it also works with colson moving forward mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. it works in conjunction with the conversation that he very briefly has with may right before that about having sex with ward which like shout out marvel people fuck and they i think that's super cool yeah. like i i i think that's Thank what you. marvel needs like i, I so I, I think there's a lot of pretty uh, brilliant moments in this episode Agreed. Yes. Yeah. More fucking in Marvel. Always please. And thank you. And can uh, I follow and the episode... up regarding that? Um, just, I, I just think the... that's, I'll allow it. I'll allow it. <laughs> yeah. I, I could tell you wanted to get to the next point, okay. but uh, if I may, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, Ethan. And I, I, it's, it was also for me, this idea that because Coulson is the moral center of the show and it's the thing that I keep adoring about his character is he's always giving people the benefit of the doubt. He's always trying to do the right thing against all odds. But the idea that he sat there with May and said, I'm sick of secrets and then mm-hmm. uh, come to his scene with Sky. And it was she's inquiring about, you know, she, she can tell something's up and that he's being withholding. And he, he just has a great moment of like, I can't live like this. I can't. It, it It's like it was eating at him because he just came. He just crested over a serious life changing secret that he now has to live with. And he was in, in no place and in no shape to do the same thing to Sky. So I really liked, I, I really loved his just, not only his, him, him telling her, him preparing her for how bad it is, and then giving her every, I mean, we, I like that it fades out because we don't need the information. We just get to have her receive it. And it, it was a really beautiful scene. Yeah. Wow. Love Love this. The perfect time for us to just jump around randomly is while we're drinking. And I appreciate that. But I do want to head back to the beginning. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we start the episode at Shield Academy. And kids, like, are messing around the pool. It starts to freeze. But I love that the big, like, reveal is when they show the Shield hoodie. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was fun. Shield merch. Yeah. They put that stamp on everything. And I'm like, but also I have some sh- like a shield sweater, but I want that specific hoodie. So if anyone in the comments knows where I can find that exact hoodie, send me the link. <laughs> yeah. That's a cool hoodie. Uh, yeah. Tony, uh, what did you think about the, were you surprised that we were at shield Academy? Did you see this coming? Cause they've been talking about the Academy. No, I didn't see it. It was a nice surprise. I, I uh, yeah, the shield hoodie came out. I had the same reaction. Uh, and then I was excited how quickly we were on campus. Uh, I, was, I was, yeah, I was ready to jump in there. I liked that a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ethan, I, yeah, it was, how long has it been since you've watched this episode? Uh, like when, like when did I rewatch this episode for, for this? No, no, before that, before that. Um, yeah. gosh, I probably, f- uh, five years ish. Like, okay. I, I think we were going through the series around 2019 yeah 
Okay. Were there was this? Did you have any surprises? Were you like, oh yeah, we're already do, do like ice machines and stuff. Yeah, I I think it's really interesting because um the this is like the core of like what network television used to be, right? It's like twenty two episode seasons, and we get like five five seasons and um all of this like large swath of content. And when I watched this episode and the episode previous, um, I immediately like. I remembered, I was like, oh, whole episode about the ice machine, like at, at the Academy, like this is cool. So it came back to me very, very quickly. I don't know if that, that um, says more about me or, or, or the show or, or my attachment to agents of shield. Um, but I do like the kind of um, self-effacing, like it's a cold open pew pew. Um, <laughs> I, thought, ah! I thought that was Clip it, Maria. <laughs> i like that i uh, like the reveal of, of the hoodie too because like i yeah. didn't know like you tony you i guess you know if, if it's been talking about um the you know the academy and other things for sure. a while now i was just like oh wow okay cool like this this ties into shield directly uh so it was nice totally. yeah i love teens and we learn okay so we learned that the academy is broken up between Science and technology, mm-hmm. operations, and communications. And I love this because we instantly learn that science and technology has a has a feud with operations, which gives us some really fun moments between Fitzsimmons and Ward. And Ward brags that operations has the most dropouts, and but then science technology is the hardest to get into. And then we learn that communication is the easiest. And I love how Fitz just so kindly points out that that's where Sky would be if she was going there. Uh, I do want to ask, where would you each be? Uh, where do you think you would be in, in S.H.I.E.L.D. Academy? I I would probably be in communications just because I'm nowhere um, cool slash manly enough to be in operations and I'm not <laughs> smart enough to be in science and tech. So um, I would be in the one, the, the one that's easiest to get into. That seems fitting. <laughs> I would also probably be in communications, uh, yes. although I might be scouted for operatives, but I would say well, no, what? no, not for me. You would be scouted, you think? Good call. Yeah, probably. Oh wow! I, so. I mean, you're yeah. you're a big tall man. Um, big tall man. I would absolutely be operations. <laughs> I'm terrible at science, and I have no physical skills. Communications, yeah, I would be yeah. communications, no, no doubt. And I would be terrible at the sky. I would be like a Coulson. I think I think I could go around the world and talk my way out of shit. But I also don't speak any languages, so that's the uh, problems. The baby, that's uh, an operative. Well. That's not a. You wouldn't be in communication. You would be an operative. If you're a Coulson, no. you're an operative. No, I think Colson is Colson. Colson's an operative. Colson's a field guy. Like he has a field background. You know, Colson's a hybrid. Okay. Maybe, yeah, Colson's, at this he... point, Colson's a hybrid. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes, I feel like Colson went through communications though, when he went so. through Shield Academy. Okay, I, I actually don't I'm know. A, I'm on uh, Team Jamie on this one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, chat. If you know an actual fact of where Colson went through, tell us because <laughs> yeah, I assumed he, he went through communications. Maybe that's a um, prequel that we could do. We could do Colson yeah. at the Academy. That's a good prequel. Ooh, I'm off right there. Okay, yeah. who would play young Colson? Let's start. We don't have about time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I Salty Shield Stan uh, in the comments says Colson was in communications. I don't know if they're guessing like us or if they know, but I'm just going to say that they agree with us. Uh, okay, I still so, potentially corrected. Okay, we'll see. Well, everyone is agreeing with Ethan and I that, that he's communications. Um, 
All right, so uh, Sky, uh, it, Maria says that in the comments that she wants to be science, but realistically it would be communications. Um, all right, so Sky is kind of struggling with the fact that she, quote, hacked her way in. And, you know, so we're basically getting all these, this stuff. So just rounding it about, how how do you guys feel about where we are in in Shield Academy, Ethan? Do you do you think this is a good representation of what uh, something like Shield would be? Just these three zones? Yeah, I mean, I think so. I'm not as like deep into um, the maybe the backstory, like the lore, or the fanfic, as as you guys uh, might be. So I haven't like put a lot of thought into what uh, Shield might be. But I think based on like the core team that we have that like we're traveling with for agents of shield this kind of a set out for an academy totally makes sense and um i think the episode in particular does does a really good job like tony like you were saying of like fitzsimmons coming back and like kind of being the stars of like the the science and tech division and stuff um and so it makes it a lot easier to just buy into like Oh yeah, they they just like they went to the academy like seven years ago probably like that's super cool. Uh, I th I think it's great. Yeah. We also get the SSR reference. Uh, the Science Technology Building used to be the Strategic Science Reserve, and of course, the SSR was created by FDR to battle Hydra in the forties, and eventually it was absorbed by Shield. And I love those little nods. I mean, yeah. anytime we get an MCU nod. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we got a couple. We got a aim drop and a Bucky Barnes drop in this episode too. Yes, obviously I have those uh, in my notes, and uh, we will talk about. Them. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> we can talk about them right now because I'll, I'll, we'll just jump ahead a little because we can absolutely talk about how in uh, Fitzsimmons' little speech where they're popular kids. Um, I do want to bring up the fact that Simmons brings up all of the past threats. She says Hydra centipede and aim and in the world of mcu aim was founded by Ald aldrich killian from iron man 3 mm -hmm. it, but in the comics aim is responsible for cre creating the cosmic cube aka the tesseract and modok but i want to bring up the fact that Gemma name dropped centipede because i feel like they're still in the midst of the centipede drama and maybe do the students know about centipede well like right. like mm -hmm. this feels like a little bit classified to just be name dropping centipede did you think Good of this point Good point. Yeah, I don't know. It it does feel a little like a little too soon. Um, but it also from a really um like high level writing perspective, like Gemma getting up there and being like, "Aim and Hydra." Uh, that's that's it. Those are the the things we face. Like, that, doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't roll off the tongue quite like three um you know threats do. I I wonder how that information is like disseminated to the academy like do or do they know anything about no. centipede do they need to know do they maybe use that as like let's see which students can have an idea about like how to battle this ongoing threat or something like that like i'm very curious about that i think it would be more like if if you know if you're in law school and you're going to be learning your craft through the examination of previously closed cases and things like that like i imagine like if it's a if it's a normal curriculum they're not going to say, you know, they would may talk about current events, but I do, I agree with Jamie in that uh, centipede is an ongoing threat that we still don't know everything about. So it would be surprising to one, disclose it to a bunch of level ones like myself uh, <laughs> and, uh, and two, to just to, to, to mention to them without, while it's still like an active thing. 
Um, but I, uh, I, I, yeah, I, I, it didn't, it didn't, I didn't think about it in the moment, you know, that she was talking about a current problem. Well, that's what I'm here for. Uh, you know, this episode <laughs> is, is kind of, we very much, oh, uh, have different, two very different stories happening. A mm -hmm. very A plot, B plot in a way that's not, most of our S.H.I.E.L.D. episodes so far, they've all interconnected a lot more seamlessly and and this was actually one of my hardest breakdowns to write because of how separate these two stories are and then and we have colson being a broody boy over the discovery that he was dead for a bunch of days he you know he's struggling to trust shield he's questioning everything but what i love about this is that may is really here she's doing her best she wants to distract him and she takes him on a mission and i and i love that when they're in lola go they're going to find the the one of the guys who had sky when she was a baby i love that may is just rambling and she's yeah. talking about mm -hmm. what she would do if she were to escape forever and colson is like why are you talking so much and i think it is just a it is an a peel back of the onion of May that we have not seen before. And that is the kind of person she is vulnerably willing to be around Coulson. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, I think that, um, that also helps, uh, kind of Coulson's focus and personality to rise to the top a little bit in this episode as well, where like, he's just quite blunt and honest with her of like, I don't want to be distracted. Like I I'm, I'm dealing with trying to figure out what is the truth right now and, and why are you talking so much? So I, I think mm -hmm. it adds this um, complexity to their relationship um, that is really interesting and fascinating because they both hold such like staunchly different point of views for their worldviews. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like their, their back and forth in this episode. Mm -hmm. And Lola takes flight again. Yeah, oh, I love that moment. That's when he's like, it's Asian Coulson of S.H.I.E.L.D. That part's so cool. I love it. Yeah. I also just, another quick thing about uh, Coulson and May is to me, I see the, I, I understand Felinda Shippers when I watch a scene like this. Like mm -hmm. I could, like, I, like, as, like now I'm like, oh yeah, look at these two. I feel it. Like the way that she cares. Tony, do you, do you see it? No, I'm not anti- the ship, but I, it's mm. never the vibe I get. Like even, like even that one scene where they were all close and doing martial arts or when he's unbuttoning his shirt and she's touching his, like, even then I, there's just, there's an intimacy to them. I still think they did have sex with each other many years ago and it was awesome. But I, I, at no point, never am I like, Oh, these two, maybe it's, it's never where my head's at. I think there's just too deep of a, of a, of a friendship. That's what I'm Yeah. Talking. I, I'm curious. I I I, I want to pose a quick question, and I because I can't remember um exactly, and this might play into something later. It's it's absolutely not a spoiler. So when they have their conversation in the car, and and May is talking so much and basically trying to distract Coulson, um, that's where she tries to drop the bomb of like, "Hey, I'm having sex with Agent Ward." Mm -hmm. Does does she do that? Do you think as a primary like action of distraction and deflection for Coulson or do you think it comes from a, a more like a personal guilt standpoint of like I have been keeping this a secret I think Coulson needs to know I need to come clean about it and I can also use it as a distraction because I'm trying to delineate I haven't thought about it much I think it's more about 
uh, uh, being honest because he literally mm-hmm. says he's sick of secrets. And she, but I think, it, I think for like the first time in her life, something kind of bubbles out of her. Uh, she, I think that she knows that Coulson is fragile and she doesn't want him to find this secret out about her on his own. I think yeah. that it's important to her that that trust, she knows that his trust with S.H.I.E.L.D. right now is really fragile and she does not want to be a part of that. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Yeah, that's my that was my interpretation of that moment. I mean, to your point, Jamie, I feel like, too, she could use this and be like, look, I'm having sex with Ward. You know what? Maybe we could come back to what we had. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I haven't lost the juice yet. So oh, I, I, I see it. I, I think they they definitely I don't I don't think they <laughs> fucked when they were younger. I love the theory. I don't think they did. I I do see like I do understand wanting them to fuck. But I don't think that they ever have. But I do like that Tony's really harping that. Um, bef- okay, this I think is a good spot to take a little break. So, folks, if you're drinking along with us, I saw somebody at a cactus cooler. Go get another cactus cooler. Have a little bathroom break. Break. Blah. We will be back soon. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to Love in the Time of Hydra. We are talking episode 12, Seeds, with our friend Ethan Simi. We are so happy for all of those who are joining with us right now. Those are her drinking along, all this exciting business. Oh, we have a lot more to talk about about this episode. We're really cooking, uh, cooking, guys. Uh, Let's go back to slow cooking. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) we are, we are, we are in the crock pot. so during Fitzsimmons' speech, Donnie gets attacked, ice attacked. It's very superly dramatic. Um, it, it all comes down. All this happens. But afterwards, Ward suggests that Fitz goes and comforts him, which Simmons and Sky think is super cute. And meanwhile, um, the rest go to the boiler room, the really cool hip club. So we get to see a little bit, a little bit more of shield and what and this kind of reminded me of of Battlestar Galactica and how they take what they have and like create their own kind of party zones in in the it, like just this is all we got so we're going to do stuff with it. Well, get your glass cuz I made another Buffy reference when I saw it. It reminded me of the bronze. Like I was yes! like that, that place has bronze vibes. Like we got the catwalk, got the pool table, like the same sort of lighting scheme uh reminded me a lot of the bronze uh that was a nice that was a cool spot to be in the, ethan the are, are, have cool. you watched buffy yeah have um, you watched buffy no i have not watched buffy i'm so all sorry. right cool no 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 don't be sorry that just means that one day you get to watch buffy and talk to me about it that's that's so all there's I, a girl called buffy right and she <laughs> Um, yeah, all this is cool, but so, but the exciting thing, the thing that happens real quick is that Quinn is back, uh, yeah. and we find out that he's backing Donnie and Seth on the secret project, 
Uh, I was trying to keep it cool these last few months. I never let it know. I never let it slip that Quinn was going to show up again. Were you surprised, Tony? Yeah. Yeah. I, he seems like, I mean, he seems like a good character who, who can jump in and out. It made, makes total sense, but no, I didn't see him coming. Uh, and he fit right in there, man. He, of course he's that fucking, uh, asshole Elon Musk S guy who's, uh, you know, br- like paying young people for their intellectual property and exploiting them. Uh, yeah, that totally tracked. Uh, so it was excited. To, I was excited to see him back. He's a really good actor. I love that character. Uh, he's he's despicable. Did, he's great. Did you remember Quinn? Were you excited to see him? Uh, yeah, I was stoked to see Quinn. I don't remember where he comes in prior to this, but when I did get to see him on the plane, I was immediately sparked of like, I know what comes next. And that was really cool because I had forgotten a lot about that. So uh, I I think that's really cool. I also like admire that, you know, television production wise, they're like, look, Quinn's just chilling in a plane. Like we're just going to build a little plane set and we're going to use this for everything. Really nice billionaire plane. And that's the only place that he can take his calls. Um, Which like (laughs) who, who doesn't want to do that? Like he's just hanging out on a plane. Super fun. Yeah. And then Love he it. says, uh, sweetie, refill this. Or he says, change course. And then he's otherwise, he's just on the phone. Yeah. He just like rips out. He's just like, turn this thing around. We're headed out. And it's yeah. like, I don't, I don't know if planes work that way, man. <laughs> I want to back up a little bit and shout out Jeremy in the comments who's saying Michelle Branch live at the boiler room because Michelle Branch singing goodbye to you in the episode Tabula Rasa in season six of Buffy is my favorite bronze moment of all time. So uh, shout out for that reference. Yeah, Love it. Um, so, <laughs> so, um, so, Backing up a little, because we know now Qu- Quinn's motive, um, Donnie and Fitz bond a little. They bond about how smart they are and how they can't don't have any friends because of they're too smart for friends. And I, I do love the moment, though, and I think that this is really important, that Donnie doesn't have a Simmons. And and Fitz, I think Fitz's whole life has been saved by Simmons. And I do love the point where Donnie says to Fitz, you're the smartest person who's ever come in through here. And Fitz says, well, Simmons is technically smarter, but only because she loves homework. And yeah. I really like the scene. I want to talk about the scene and the fact that Fitz helps Donnie. And at this point, we do not know that Donnie lured him there to get this help. Mm-hmm. I love it. I, th- I thought it was, even though I was still, he wasn't off my suspect list. It was, it was an incomplete thought in my mind of like this, this guy's involved somehow, but regardless of that, I'm, I'm, I was, uh, I thought it was such a lovely scene of those two guys bonding. Uh, and, you know, once it was revealed that he was sort of, you know, the weakest of two men and he's being sort of manipulated and forced into situations that he's not comfortable with, it all clicked together. So I liked that. Although he did lure um, Fitz there, his their interaction was no less genuine. Um, they, they, he was sincerely elated by his scientific acumen and his and his help on his battery project. It was lovely. Uh, it was a great scene. I think the scene does a really good job as well of like um, humanizing Fitz just a little bit because it, there's kind of this throwaway line when he first gets there where he's like, my room looked exactly like this, except there was a lot more laundry on the floor. And so like for me, I'm like, oh, cool. Like, okay, now I can kind of piece together what Fitz's room might've looked like. Like what was his Academy time? And so it does do a little bit of building out that like kind of um, background for, for Fitz really great, genuine interaction. Uh, And then I love the moment when Fitz is on the phone with Gemma and it takes Gemma 
uh, or sorry, Simmons to um, basically um, tell him and, and remind him like, Hey, there might be something sus going on because he doesn't think about it until that moment. And he's yeah. like going down the stairwell. And then she is the one that kind of like sparks that idea um, that it might not have been so wholehearted. So to your point, Jamie, like the Fitz and the Simmons, like that, the, they are a unit and they're, they're perfectly combined to understand all these problems. I got yeah. chills. They are, they just are a team and it's so beautiful because they are two of the smartest human beings on the planet in this universe. And, but the fact that they need each other to, to complete their thoughts, I think is mm -hmm. really kind of beautiful. Yeah. So we know that now uh, Donnie and the other kid have been trying to build this ice machine. They're doing it with the backer of Quinn, but now they're like, uh Oh, we're in trouble. And basically, they just start a hurricane. <laughs> yeah. uh, a lot goes down. They start a whole hurricane. May has to come back from her Colson. We'll talk more about what May and Colson learn. But May now, I, Tony, I loved it. Tony was like, um, uh, he saw this and he's like, oh, drop May in the hole. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. The, bu the bus was like flying over the eye of the storm. And I was like, drop May in there. Like, I just like, <laughs> she, just, just send her down into a dive and she'll, she'll nail it. She'll break the machine. Uh, there, her plan was uh, probably safer and better, but yeah, yeah. I I think it, it's a little intense to be like, "Uh oh, Fitz, you weren't supposed to see this," and then to escalate to be like, "We got to bust this thing out, man. We got to make a hurricane. We got to make this happen right now." Is is a, a big jump? Uh, but you know, it, Donnie's being pressured on his end as well, so I, I get it. Yeah, and it these are bad kids. Yeah the 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 advancement of the weapon that uh, what the thing that I thought was actually kind of neat. You know, you, there's a lot of psycho babble in all our psycho babble, uh, science babble in all of the all of the show and Marvel at large. But like the idea that uh, Fitz was like, what you need to do is adjust this battery so that it pulls oxygen in to cool itself. So it made sense that when the device was activated, it was oxygenated, which helped it grow in the atmosphere to become gee guys maybe i would have been in a science class what do you i was think? gonna say you're putting in your your application <laughs> I, right now <laughs> my eyes glossed yeah. over so i know you're doing something right yeah nailed it i can talk science on a marvel scale yeah no no so i thought anyway i was impressed by the, the amount of detail in the device it was cool and just to close out this storyline, uh, the other kid fucking dies. Like that child dies, oh, and that's old. like that's intense. Um, you know, it's and I, it's clearly all a motivation of Donnie. And I, I wish I could say that, like I, Donnie the Ice Guy, coming soon to ABC. Like it does kind of feel like they're setting up a spinoff, or at least uh, you know maybe we'll see him again. I don't know. Uh, you know, he's but he's become an Ice Man. But that scene is really dark where they're this this they're trying to bring i i for sure the first time i watched this thought that kid was gonna live through all through that that gray's anatomy rest like a drama mm, i didn't feel bad for that kid he sucked <laughs> i mean I, I, I also thought he would live but i was like yeah well that's what you get for being an asshole like i don't know sorry dude yeah yes, i sorry, dude. um i think it's really interesting like in the grand scheme of of mcu and like agents of shield and stuff that they kind of the, the the writers and the people who put all this together were kind of just like, you know what really raised the stakes? If we just fucking kill this kid, that would be yeah. cool. And then yeah. they just did it. They just like went along with it, which like 
kind of works because like we don't give a shit about this kid anyway and it mostly impacts donnie and shield um and it kind of works on a deeper level of maybe understanding that the academy is not as buttoned up as we're led to believe it might be or Mm -hmm. um there's not as great mentorship within those programs or what have you so uh i think it works i think it's exceptionally uh too much but i think it works (laughs) Well, yeah. I tell you, the, the, it, the Academy is not buttoned up to the extent that Donnie can have a fucking laboratory come down from the ceiling of his dorm room where he's doing <laughs> secret experiments. So, yeah, I don't think they're doing a lot of dorm checks at, at, at the Academy. <laughs> That's, That's pretty intense. That's a good one. Because they are, like, you have to have a PhD to get through the door. So most of these people are probably over 21. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they, they, Fitz and Simmons were the youngest people to go through there. Donnie is young too, but, but most of the people here are, are not, they're not fresh out of high school. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So then Donnie gets sent to the sandbox, all that, but we got to wrap up the other big story, which is Colson and May find out a big, deal about sky she was an 084 which mm-hmm. is like crazy what does that mean what and, does that mean uh yeah and i think that like the the agent said that an entire village died trying to protect her and he said a line that i think is very interesting he said if she had powers or something we never witnessed it but uh and then you know all, all of that stuff about sky but i all you know we also have to point out that Coulson didn't want to turn this guy back into shield because of his untrustworthiness right now. But then the guy said, wherever she goes, death follows. May was like, you can never tell her. Uh, all this is crazy. Before we get into Sky's reaction, Tony, I want to know, were you surprised to learn Sky was an 084? Yeah, I was surprised to learn this guy was an 084. First of all, I was excited that I knew what an 084 was before they said it because I because <laughs> I watched this show and talk about it. Uh, but yeah, that's um, that's really interesting to me. Uh, I have no idea, Jamie. Like, I feel like as soon as we kind of uh, tie up loose ends regarding what the heck is going on with Coulson, as soon as that's done, we've got a new thread of what in what way is Sky in 084? Like that mm-hmm. indicates to me an object. It's it's it's, it's essentially an. Uh, almost like a UFO, but in reference to an object or a person or, you know, I don't, I, I'm sure somebody could tell what the exact designation. Well, I, I can tell you right now. Uh, and okay. shout out to defrosted robot 77 in the comments, because they, in the 084 episode of shield, which is the second episode, Colson says it is an object of unknown origin. And then he says to sky like you, because they don't know anything about her. Oh, so they shit. very much foreshadowed it. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, I am, very interested to know. I mean, what what is she just going to start glowing white light powers all of a sudden? <laughs> you know, is she going to get really sad and heartbroken and just going to be like a rainstorm? Like, I don't know, like what what in mm. what way is she uh, gifted? What does she possess? What does she, you know? And and it, they're not. It wasn't indicating that because there's still no mother, right? We still haven't identified who the mother is. So she herself. Sky is the 084. I, I have no idea. Can't wait to find out. Yeah, I I think um it's cool because obviously she wasn't 084. Um that carried enough like power and prowess and like um an, an enough to where people had to be on the run and like people were after her. Like it's not just like, oh, you know what? Like she's just an abandoned baby and like we just don't know where she came from or whatever. Like it's like 
death follows her wherever she goes. And like she, you had powers when you were a bit like, what does that mean? What, what does that imply? What is that going to lead to? Like, how do we know? And it's playing on this really, uh, the, the theme of trust in this episode in particular, because like, what can we trust Sky going forward? Like, is she, does she know more than Colson? No, does she know more than we know? Like, we just don't know. So I think the episode, the the writing does a, this really nice arc of like building up our trust and then completely obliterating it at the end again. Even when people like Colson and May are like rekindling certain aspects of trust, um, we're losing it in other aspects. Yeah, yeah. And, I like and, that. If he added, uh, I was, I know it was really uh, a, a significant emotional blow to her, but I mean, I can't imagine the relief of uh, learning that you weren't jostled from foster home to foster home because people didn't like you. That was literally an active government effort to keep you safe. Uh, I think that that would be a great relief to the soul uh, amidst a lot of, you know, other new painful things. But uh, I was happy that she got to receive that information. I feel like that's got to be healing in some way. Well, if you remember a few episodes back, she talked about a foster family that she really liked and that she called the mom mom and she tested right. it out. But then they it then they said it wasn't a good fit. And now we know that maybe that wasn't their decision. And exactly. but I really I love where Colson is talking to May about how Sky reacted and how she now like she sees not the bad, but how now she, now she realizes shield has always been there and always protecting her. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, when he gives this little speech, I get, um, I tear up and I want to shout out Matthew on Instagram who commented, uh, no other person in history has made me cry by crying more than Chloe <laughs> Bennett. And it's true. Like when, like, Clo- like Chloe has it, when she gets sad, I'm like, no, not sky. Don't make yeah, sky yeah. sad. And yeah. And I, and I love that it all culminates in her going to the wall of valor and seeing mm. Bucky Barnes's name as previously mentioned. And in this moment, well, that was actually where... the beginning. That was, oh, that I'm was sorry. The, oh yeah. But yeah, she sees bad. her, uh, the, the agent who rescued her. Thank you. The, yes. But, yeah. but she goes back and reflects. And I, and I mm-hmm. think that it's kind of special for her. She's realizing that she's had a family all along in a way. Yeah. Lovely. Uh, and mm-hmm. that's what Colson said, you know, it's uh, and speaks to the resilience of uh, of Sky and yeah, uh, really good stuff. Yeah, I, I, I like where it ends with Sky, and I think uh, it's a really wise storyline decision to pop this into 12 when we have 22 episodes in this season. Uh, it gives something to really focus on the trajectory of like the back 10 episodes and figure out where this is all going to go with sky and what it means. Uh, and, uh, I think again, like it just kind of rounds out the episode as a whole of being pretty like emotionally intelligent of where it stands. Totally. And then finally we get the end credit scene where basically Colson calls Quinn and is like, we're watching you. And then Quinn's like, thanks for the heads up. And courtesy call. I mean, I know yeah. the courtesy call and it's like, Hmm, I don't know about you, but maybe we're going to see Quinn again. I don't know who, who could say really not you guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I really do. I Colson is the coolest cucumber to ever cucumber, oh. man. He just, he's just so slick. I love everything about that character. Uh, it's like he, like, the more I watch of this show, the more he's just be- becoming like top three favorite Marvel characters in the MCU. Like the dude is just great. Uh, 
I, I there was one thing we we talked we didn't talk about that I just wanted to mention, and it's a Ward thing um, because he is doing a good job in this episode. I gave me and Seth in the previous episode, our guest Seth taught like we're teasing Ward for that time that he like took a bullet and was just like sitting on a plane and not telling anybody he was shot while he had a scotch. And she's like, you're shot. It's like, it's nothing. Leave me alone. And like, I was like, fuck it. That's so stupid. So I appreciated in this episode when he was like, all right, I got it. And he knocks open a door and it's a fucking full blown hurricane. And he's like, nope. I don't got it. <laughs> I was yeah. like, that is, I was, cause I was a hundred percent sure that he was going to rush out there, like dodging cars and like rolling and like, you know, hiding and stuff, but, like literally in a fight with a hurricane. And the fact that he's just like, nah, I can't do it. <laughs> it's like, I really appreciated the maturity of that decision. Uh, that VFS X budget didn't come through. So they yeah, had to, that's the other thing. They I was like, maybe, the they plane. Did, maybe they couldn't <laughs> afford to, to send, uh, to send Ward running through a hurricane. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but before we get into a brief uh, history uh, for the end of the show, I do want to shout out some people in the comments. Uh, uh, we've have people talking about age because we were talking about the age of the students, and we've got people in the comments ranging from age nineteen to fifty three, and that makes oh, me really up, happy. I love that. Um, I also love that Kenneth in the sh in the comments said, "Am I the only one who loves this podcast? I hope not, because there's a lot of people in the comments. I hope that people aren't in the comments because they hate us." So yeah, shout yeah. out. I love that. I love posing that question. I love that that means that you love us. And shout out to Alice, who has had a half a bottle of wine and says we can't mention Buffy anymore because she's out of drinks. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that, that reminds me there was a Buffy thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Buffy Bender. Yeah. And Bender. as I get in, Silva Surfa has been in the comments talking about a deleted scene. And I'm gonna be honest, I don't know what the deleted scene is. I'm sorry. I, I tried to I claim to be an expert, but clearly I'm not. So while I'm reading some history, Silva Surfa, if you want to drop what you're talking about into the comments, I'll happily read it. Um yeah, but so a little history filming occurred between November 19th to December 2nd, 2013. So we're still in 2013 while we're filming. The uh, campus for Shield Academy was the College of the Canyons in Santa Clarita. Do you know that school, Tony, as someone who's lived yeah. here for so long? I know. I've never been on the campus, but I know where it is. Yeah. Mm. Cool. I'll take it. Um, and then this is cool because we Ethan kind of brought this up earlier, but this is absolutely one of the most effects heavy episodes mm -hmm. of the season. And it's cool. The episodes freezing effects were handled by, uh, I don't know if it's COSA or COSA. I don't know how you say it. VFX. Well, the hurricane sequence was handled by fuse FX and the hurricane was shot with Mazette, Manette and Zavato at the Walt Disney studios in Burbank, which fuse then composited along with an actual footage of a hurricane that had been manipulated with 3d projection to stimulate the movement. So I think that's pretty cool. Wow. That's pretty neat. I like that's it. rad. It's always, yeah. I always just, you know, I don't know a lot about this field. So I always just imagine it's a bunch of really qualified animators creating fake things, but come to find out it's like a layer atop layer atop of layer with really smart methodology. And of course it is. I don't know anything. <laughs> that checks out on the on the ward standpoint of the he didn't get the VSX budget the hurricane. yeah it does so it does check out it's, it's, we paid three companies for a hurricane that's <laughs> impressive work though I mean I, for it being such a VFX heavy episode um I I thought it wasn't terrible like for for no, a season one of yeah. Agents of Shield I th I thought it was actually quite uh you know suffice same. 
my next fact is actually perfect because it ties in with the Silva Surfer deleted scene. So this is great. Um, so Tad, the boiler room bartender, was played by Zachary Burr Abel, who at the time was Elizabeth Henstridge's boyfriend of a year, but now it's her husband. Oh, cool. Yeah, they've been together now since 2012. And he's he's fun on Instagram if you don't follow him. He's he's now does a lot of like travel influencer stuff. So he's constantly going on really cool plane rides and talking about <laughs> plane deals. But he's also an actor and they're a really cute couple. And so the deleted scene apparently is that in the boiler room, we learned that Simmons had a one night stand with that bartender. Get so, out of here. Yes. So clearly they brought him in as a joke as like they were dating at the time. And so they, they threw him in. Fun. I love that. Yeah. They they deleted the scene because they had too much chemistry. (laughs) Yeah. Well, they, yeah, they probably also deleted the scene because they were like, "Uh Oh, we already referenced sex once. We got to dial it back. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. This can't be too fair. And uh, Sarah in the comments says that the other deleted scene was Gemma and Sky and Fitz and Donnie talking about uh, their perspective of the Fitzsimmons friendship, which sounds really interesting. Uh, she says it's on YouTube. So try to check that out. Um, and then Susie in the comments wonders if we got our answer to last week's question, which is where was that image of Sam Jackson from of Nick Fury? And uh, Susie thinks it's from the Avengers. And I think that that's right as well. But we did not get an actual specific answer and i also want to shout out alice for saying that she loves the podcast but her friends hate it because she talks about it too much get your friends in on the podcast alice yeah get them to listen alice. or get better friends, alice come on figure yeah. out one of them and or get better friends yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so before tony leaves for so we can do a little tony leaves the room uh i do want to share the tragic news that the next episode of shield was not until february 4th and the one after that isn't until March 4th. It's so sad. A lot of people reacted to this on social media. And I know it feels weird, but honestly, this is normal for a network show. You've got 22 episodes a season. So the second half has to go from January to May. They got 12 episodes here that they have to spread out. It makes sense. It just sucks for us. Uh, so we will be back February 4th. And absolutely between February 4th and March 4th and that whole month, we're going to do a Patreon. We cannot, we will miss you for a whole month. We've got to. Um, Ethan, before Tony goes, was there anything about this episode that you wanted to talk about? Uh, no, I think I think I talked about most of it. I think the more that I think about it, the more that I talk about it, um, the kind of the better the episode gets. Um, mm-hmm. I think this this like academy side quest type of thing uh, works quite well to an un un. Uh, uh, what is the word? I'm a podcaster. I can't figure out the right word. Uh, to uh, basically clue us in into to like a lot of uh, character traits and and history of uh, certain people. And uh, I I like what they did. I I like what they closed and the doors that they opened back up. Uh, and yeah, I'm I'm stoked that uh, I got to rewatch this episode. It's crazy like how fast all of this Agents of Shield knowledge like came back to my brain. Um, I'm very excited for Tony to leave the room. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, then I'll just get the fuck out of here. Uh, yeah. But before I do, uh, I'm going to say some thank yous to uh, Stephanie at Eclectic Muses on socials. Uh, she did our Wicked artwork. And to Ryan Mira of Yellow Pills at Yellow Pills Music on Instagram, he did our music. And I want to thank our disembodied but drinking producer, Maria. Thank you, Maria. And for those who are leaving. Oh, yes. 
Yes, thank you, Maria. For those who are leaving uh, with Tony, don't forget to follow us on social media at LidoPod on Instagram and Twitter. From there, you can check out our link tree where you can find out all our places. Please like and subscribe to our channel. We're on YouTube. We're on Spotify. Leave us five-star reviews. Tell your friends about the podcast. Tell your friends who've never watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. about the podcast so that they can watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and then follow along because um, that's the really fun way to do it. So if you have not seen Beyond Episode 12 like Tony, leave the room right now. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks, Ethan. It was a pleasure. Thanks, Tony. Good to talk, man. You too. All right, we're leaving the room. Here we go. <laughs> okay, he's gone. He's gone. Okay. Hi, Ethan. <laughs> hey, Jamie. <laughs> wow. So, okay. Wow. I, I just, so you've seen the whole show, right? Yeah. See, we've talked I about have. that. Yeah, I've seen the whole show. Uh, was it really hard for you to call Sky Sky? Daisy Sky? So difficult. Oh, my God. <laughs> so fucking hard. Like, I, I, I like, it's hard to come into an episode and be like, okay, I'm only 12 episodes into X number of seasons. Like it's, it's hard because we know what's going to come of sky, the whole AO 084 conversation at the end. Like I we know what that means. We know where we're going with, with this is full spoilers, right? Like we're good. To, yeah. You can okay. say what you want. Yeah. We're good. We, we know where we're going with quake and the inhumans. And we know where we're going with, with Raina and uh, the clairvoyant and all of these things that like, we are deep in the trenches of like the, the, deep middle of trying to understand all of these things uh so especially when we get to the end of the episode i'm just like i i guess i personally was a little surprised i was like i don't remember them teasing like quake so early but i i also don't remember when quake happens it's very much mid season two where she gets her powers and that's a long lead-in that's like a long long thing it's cool uh and and you and you learn like you inhumans start to become very quickly in season too but like you she doesn't really get them until i want to I, I could be i'm guessing like maybe around episode 10 or 11 sure. um i don't have them as memorized as buffy as i've talked about in the past sorry drink everybody <laughs> um so uh yeah but it is like and, and it's funny because i i know in the past i have absolutely talked about tony about daisy johnson being on the show and i just know that he hasn't put it together yet oh, and sure. that's amazing that's so i funny. love that <laughs> Because there was a good first two years of our relationship where we didn't know we were going to do this podcast right, and I would right, talk right. about the show. I think too, but, like it's it's really interesting to know there's so much under um like undercover for especially for this season, but like for the rest of the series too, of like Quake being the main one. Um, but obviously what what happens to Ward and I and I I think like six or seven or eight of like it's, it's we're so close soonish right um yeah so we're really close we get that huge reveal obviously we're building up to the clairvoyant and like what that means for everything um and of course like when uh simmons was was giving this speech and mentioned hydra my brain immediately went to like oh yeah the framework like that season is fucking cool so like there's so many like very very exciting things coming that I don't remember them ever alluding to this early on, which is really fun. Mm-hmm. And that's why I always say like a show like this, it's so worth rewatching. Yeah, I'm such an an advocate. Like one of my favorite movies of all time is Moonstruck, and Tony. We watched the other day, and it was only Tony's second time seeing it. And there's a moment in that movie that is a joke that you it's you will not understand unless you've already seen the movie and mm. that's the kind of thing where i'm like oh you you got to rewatch <laughs> it and, and and shield is like that and i love that i'm i love rewatching stuff 
Um, and, and just talk, talking like spe specifics, um, I didn't spoiler for Tony that Weaver is going to come back, but I feel like that's kind of obvious. You're getting an agent like this, but also obviously Dylan is going to be in one more episode as Donnie in season two. Right. Mm. Um, how many seasons of shield are there? There's six, seven, seasons? seven, seven. Seasons. Okay. But, okay. but seven and six are shorter. Six, I'm sorry. Six I, and seven are shorter. I remember that. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's great. Cause like everyone knows this, I talk about it a lot, but, uh, Deke is my favorite character. And like the fact that Tony's not going to meet him until December, 2027 is crazy. Dude, that's wild. Um, that's yeah. what a ride. That's, uh, that's, that's a long haul for that one for sure. Yeah. I remember, I remember, um, agent hand, um, a little bit. And then I couldn't remember specifically who the clairvoyant was, but once I, um, realized who it was, I was like, because um, of his his semi recent passing, I was like, "Holy crap! Like that that's a pretty big get for like mm -hmm. Agents of Shield yeah. to have him be the clairvoyant, which like totally works for the show." Pa Paxton's the biggest star they've ever had on this show, and I don't know if you remember, but in season seven, his son plays the younger version of him, which is dope. Yeah, I, I do remember that. Very cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I've said this many times in Tony leaves the room segment, but Tony's gonna lose his fucking mind when Bill Paxton shows up on the show. He's gonna lose his mind. Oh, that's so, exciting. Yeah, we're, we're so close. We're yeah. so close. Um, but uh, before we say goodbye, Ethan, is there anything else about this episode or uh, anything you want to plug? Anything that you want to say? Yeah, I think uh, the only thing that I wanted to say, and I know it kind of pertains a little bit to the previous episode as, as well, um, the magical place. I love that I got to join uh, you and Tony for discussing like the crux of Coulson's storyline that's upcoming with the symbols and him basically losing his mind and and understanding all all of that with um, Tahiti. So that was really cool to revisit in the prior episode and like him going into the machine and um, specifically his kind of like parasitic relationship that he has with Reyna where they both want to know and he trusts himself enough to, to know, but to not reveal. Um, so mm -hmm. I think there's some, some really exciting things uh, coming up there. Uh, so yeah, thank, thanks for having me on the show. This is really exciting. Uh, Agents of shield of course is, is phenomenal. Um, tune into my upcoming podcast, uh, the, the movie draft podcast, new episodes every Tuesday. We just draft movies and talk about movies. Uh, and then my other podcast, 24 minutes of a 24, we're actually, uh, covering the Oscars right now. So we turn into 24 minutes of the Oscars. I know you were on last year to, uh, to talk about some movies with us, uh, as well. So we'll be covering yeah. all best picture nominees leading up to the Oscars. So if you have any interest in, in those kind of, of movies and award shows, oh, join, join us. I mean, there. if you haven't done a poor things episode yet, we're getting, we're, we're recording tomorrow. Damn it. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> we'll talk. We'll talk. It's okay. Um, I do love being on that podcast because as I talk all the time, mo all my podcasts are about Marvel and sometimes people forget that I am a cinephile and I sure. love film and I don't get to talk about movies as much as I'd like to. So um, yes, you know, I'd love to come on uh, at some point. So hit me up, but yes, everyone check out Ethan's podcasts. He is great. I always love getting to talk and we went a little long today and nice. I think it's because of the alcohol. I, I, a drinking drinking episode is always a good episode honestly absolutely and so thank you again for everyone who's listening everyone yes. in the 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 
this chat. See, oh, I'm lost. Hi, Richard. I, I, I see know. Richard Nevins in the chat. I just want to give a shout out. Richard's an OG. He was he was yes. back with me in the day. So what's up, Richard? Hi. And Alice is saying I should do a Buffy podcast as much as I would love that. Uh, just go listen to Slayer Fest '98. It's an amazing podcast, and I have been on some episodes of it. Uh, so I I I wish that there weren't already so such good Buffy podcasts, but that's why we're we're getting in front of the shield. We are the Agents of Shield podcast, and I'm so happy about it. As far as I know, I hope that's how people will eventually view us. <laughs> We're only 12 episodes in. But uh, sadly, there are no more episodes for the rest of the month. But tune in on Sunday, February 4th, because we are talking episode 13, Tracks, which is such a good episode. Tony's going to fucking love this episode, you guys. You're not ready for how much I know Tony, and he's going to love this episode. Oh, my God. Um, we didn't even talk about Deathlocks coming up, man. Deathlock! Yeah, I know. You want to know something crazy too. really, really quickly? I'm so sorry, but my friend that I mentioned at the very top of the episode, he uh, he uh, ended up being an amputee. He had to lose part of his leg to um, get rid of the cancer and, and head into remission. So when he got his uh, bionic leg, I would always refer to him as Deathlock. And that was kind of like our, our Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. thing. And he even had his uh, Amazon packages delivered to um, Mr. Mark Deathlock Leaser. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> That's pretty dope. I love that. Yeah. Tony's. Oh, I'm just so excited. Crazy. For Tony. So again, we'll be live on YouTube and Twitch once again, February 4th, 5 p.m. Pacific time. And then after that, you guys, we're heading into the leap year, uh, which means that starting episode 14, the anniversaries are on Mondays, but I believe we are going to continue doing the live shows on Sundays because it's just better for everybody. And then we will release the episode on Monday for the 10th anniversary. Stick around for more announcements, all this stuff. We're going to miss you, but we'll see you on the 4th. If you can't make the live stream, as always, the episodes are coming up on all podcast platforms. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ethan. Goodbye.